Welcome to the Peter King Podcast here in Seattle. It's a new season of the Peter King Podcast here at NBC Sports. Really, really glad to be bringing you another year of my thoughts, insane though they are, about the National Football League and about life in general. So without further ado, let's sort of set the stage for you on the debut podcast of a new season in the NFL. I'm going to take you to Rams training camp and you're going to hear from Matthew Stafford, uh, obviously the new Los Angeles quarterback. Then we're going to go uh, up the coast to Santa Clara, California. You're going to hear from Jimmy Garoppolo, who obviously is under some pressure now from rookie Trey Lance for the 49ers job. And then we'll go out to the desert to Las Vegas. Uh, and you will hear from Derek Carr. So it's a quarterback-driven podcast. And before we start with our conversations on this podcast, I want to give you three quick thoughts about the National Football League early on in camp. Okay, let's go number one. The Indianapolis Colts, having lost in the span of 24 hours, two of the best players on their team, maybe the two most important players on their team. Obviously the quarterback, Carson Wentz, and then the star guard, Quentin Nelson, both gone. Look, probably many of us have never heard of this injury, this broken bone in the foot. We never heard of this injury before. And now two huge players on the same team in back-to-back days are floored with the same injury, with the same thought that it could be either a month and a half, it could be three or four months before we see them back. And I was told, talking to uh, people in Indianapolis, that they really don't know about how long the process is going to be uh, to get them back until they begin the rehab process and you can actually see the stability in the foot. So a terrible blow for the team that I thought was going to win the AFC South. I'm obviously rethinking that right now. Probably look a little bit south to Nashville uh, to see that, see the team that uh, is more likely to win the division. But one thing about the Colts. So Frank Reich is very good at this. When he took over this job uh, originally, that was when Andrew Luck was the quarterback. Do you realize he never asked Chris Ballard, the general manager, in their interviews, anything about Andrew Luck and the long-term efficacy of Andrew Luck at the time he was battling some injuries. And Ballard once told me that, he said, that told me so much about Frank Reich. He wanted to coach this team and whoever's on it, he'll then figure that out. And I think he's probably gonna take the same approach, whether they end up going after a player or two or three, uh, another quarterback perhaps, even more than Brett Hundley, uh, who they just picked up off the street to replace Wentz for now. We'll see. But I think that it is way too early to say, well, you know, the, 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 the Colts uh, are looking to 2022. I don't feel that way at all. I think we just got to let this play out for a little while. Second issue, you know, COVID in the NFL. You hear very frustrated coaches right now. Uh, You hear Ron Rivera in Washington wondering why more of his players and more have in the last three or four days gotten the vaccine. You hear 
very frustrated Mike Zimmer, the coach of the Minnesota Vikings, you know, also frustrated. And look, I've written this, I've talked about it, uh, you know, in the last few days, but here is the basic problem right now with teams and COVID, okay? First of all, we don't know which teams are going to be most effective because it is such a capricious issue and it could hit anywhere. You see the Vikings, it just massacred their quarterback room. What happens if that happens during the season and they've, they've all got to miss two games? I mean, that is where you really run into problems. And that is why I think coaches are so frustrated to see a lot of players on their teams not being vaccinated. I think the one other issue with the vaccine, it's in Buffalo. You know, as I reported in my column this week, one team in the NFL put up a PowerPoint uh, in the last few days, and it was a PowerPoint of Cole Beasley of the Bills and Jerry Hughes of the Bills teammates going at each other a little bit on Twitter, basically over whether players should be vaccinated and, and whether COVID is really as dangerous as everybody says, all that. I mean, and the message from this team to its players was, don't do that. So, I mean, is that gonna affect the Bills? I, I can't tell you whether it will or it won't, but my antennae are up looking at that. And finally, you're going to hear from Matthew Stafford here in a moment but it's got to be very concerning to Sean McVay and the Rams to have seen that he hit his, hel- he hit his thumb on a helmet during a pass rush drill uh, in, in camp this week, and they don't know about the status of that thumb. And it just goes to show you the importance, the vital importance, unlike any other position in all of sports. You know, if Matthew Stafford isn't playing, the Rams obviously are in huge trouble. Look, the opener's five weeks away. There's plenty of time for, for Stafford to heal and all that. But these are the moments, and we watched him in practice the other night, these are the moments that Matthew Stafford must have with his team to mesh so that they're gonna be able to hit the ground running once the season starts. So obviously the Rams concerned about Matthew Stafford uh, and all Sean McVay can do uh, you know, basically is hope for the best on that one. One last thing before we get into it, we're going to start with Stafford. But one last thing, I found it really, really interesting in talking to both Sean McVay and Stafford and a lot of people around the team. And, and I wrote this in my column this week. I believe that Sean McVay looked at Jared Goff as a student and that he looks at Matthew Stafford as a peer, not just because they're closer in age, but because they can really talk football at a much higher level. Uh, And so I think McVay, who is, you know, he's a John Nash type, you know, in beautiful mind. He just sees more in the offense than most people do. I really am curious because I think Matthew Stafford's legacy is at stake. He's never won a playoff game, obviously. So let's get into Matthew Stafford and then let's hear from him and then we'll hear from the other quarterbacks and I'll see you on the other side of Stafford. With Matthew Stafford at Rams camp and what sort of feel does it have 
when I call you a Los Angeles Ram? Is it still a little weird? Uh, no, it feels good. You know, it's definitely new. You know, something I'm uh, getting used to, but uh, it does feel good. I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy to be here. Um, you know, I'm lucky to be on a, a team with a bunch of great veteran guys, uh, a bunch of young players that are up and coming. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to be where I am and, and just enjoying every minute of it. So here's my two history questions. I thought when you decided that you really would like to play somewhere else. I thought you did it the right way. You did it so that no one knew until it was done. Mm -hmm. Take me into your thought process and how you wanted to handle that. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, uh, you know, it was a delicate situation. I have a lot of respect for the, the Lions organization, the Ford family, the people that treated me so well there for so many years. Um, and I wanted to make sure that uh, it was mutually agreed upon, first of all, and then and then it was, uh, you know, handling it the right way. I felt like they could trust me, that nothing was going to come out from my end. I knew I could trust them the same, and, and uh, everybody, t you know, stuck to their word, which was awesome. Um, you know, as far as, a, that's a really tough decision, a really tough thing for both myself and probably the Lions as well to, you know, kind of navigate that. But uh, I, uh, I couldn't be more appreciative for how they handled it, and I hope they feel the same. A lot of people might say, you're making a jillion dollars, suck it up, try to take the Lions to the playoffs and all that. But I wonder, as a player, the money is one thing, but year after year after year, if you don't win, regardless whose fault it is, how much does that wear on a player? Um, it's definitely more fun to win, absolutely. Um, you know, had some great seasons there where we were successful, and uh, that's as much fun as you can have playing football. Um, you know, it's tough to lose. Everybody knows that. Um, you know, for me, it wasn't so much that as it was just kind of knowing where the organization was going. It was going through, a, you know, a big change and with the new head coach, new general manager. There's going to be a lot of new players as well, and uh, I just felt like the timing was right. Um, it was well within their rights to tell me that it wasn't, and I would have understood, but uh, I just really appreciate them for at least entertaining the idea and then obviously going through and, and you know, together kind of making that happen. Um, but it's, uh, it's something that, you know, as a player, you, you want to be a – you don't want to be a champ. You want to have, you know, chances at it. And, uh, you know, luckily they were, uh, they were great and sent me to a place that's got, you know, a bunch of great players and a bunch of recent success. Does any part of you feel like, regardless of whose fault it was, that I let them down? Oh, definitely, you know, I sit there and go, man, I wish I could have gotten it done. You know, I mean, it would have been amazing to, uh, you know, have a Super Bowl parade down uh, Woodward Avenue in Detroit. I mean, I would have loved that. Um, didn't happen, and that's a tough pill to swallow as a competitor and somebody who touches the ball on every single offensive play for the for the uh, for the Lions. So, um, yeah, you definitely look back and, and uh, wish you'd done a few things different here or there in some games that maybe changed the outcomes of seasons. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm focused completely forward now. Feel great where I am. Just trying to do everything I can to learn this offense and and uh, you know move forward with the team that uh, I'm extremely excited to be on. What does a quarterback think when he looks at the landscape and looks at a coach like Sean McVay? Over the last few years, have you watched much of the Rams? What have you heard about him? And what has been the reality? Yeah, um, you know, I didn't have any really, you know, preconceived feelings. Uh, Did you know feelings. him at all? Uh, just in passing, you know, not, right. uh, not, not great. Um, but uh, obviously, I had a lot of respect for what he's been able to do at a really young age. To be able to command a room, command a team, an organization at a young age is something that's really tough. And, uh, you know, he obviously had a ton of success with his offense. His defense has been playing great for years as well. So, 
Um, you know, it was it was something that, you know, when it finally went through, I was extremely excited to get the opportunity to work with a guy that's as smart as he is and is charismatic and, and uh, you know, has a grasp on leadership. Um, all that is, uh, is something that's really enticing for a quarterback. Let's talk about football for a second. Take me into learning this offense and why you think for you it's a good fit. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's very complex, um, you know, but at the same time, it all makes sense. You know, it, there's just quite a bit to it. Um, I'm doing everything I can to make sure that I'm diving into it and, and getting as comfortable as I can as quickly as I possibly can. Um, as far as fits me, I think uh, it probably fit most quarterbacks, to tell you the truth. It's a, it's a really good offense, and, and uh, I'm excited to just keep working hard and try and bring it to life. When you look at where this franchise is right now, particularly with the defense, you stare across the line and see Aaron Donald. So what are your hopes playing on a complete team like this? Uh, you know, I hope that every day we come here, we, we, uh, we make each other better. You know, I'm, I'm throwing passes to Cooper Cup, who's guarded by Jalen Ramsey. And, and uh, like you said, Aaron Donald's rushing the passer. We got Andrew Whitworth blocking. I mean, it's, it's really cool to, uh, to be on the same team as those guys. And I'm just trying to make sure that I do my part so that, you know, in the end, we can uh, be where we want to be. Two other sort of mental questions, I wonder. After somebody's been in a place for a long time, you were in Detroit for 12 years. What is it like going to a new place? And do you try to, are you a little bit careful in trying to assert yourself too early? Explain how all that works. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, everything was new. Um, every person I interacted with was a first time interaction and, and um, trying to figure out who does what, you know, familiarize faces and names and all that kind of stuff. So that's a, a big challenge. Um, you know, as far as asserting myself, to be honest with you, I'm just out here trying to be myself, be the same guy I've always been, be the same player, try to get better, um, but just be myself as a personality. And, and um, you know, there's times where it's time for me to step up and speak, and there's times where, you know, I need to listen. So I'm just trying to uh, be the best in that role that I can be. Did you watch the Super Bowl this year, and did you watch Brady? I did. Yeah. So he's 43 years old, going to be 44 this year. What's your thought watching a guy like him still do it at age 43? It's pretty remarkable, to be honest. I mean, uh, the way he's able to, you know, take care of his body, but then also just, uh, you know, will his teams to, to win. You know, he's, uh, he's done a heck of a job. He's been doing it for forever, and, and uh, who knows, the guy might play forever, and we don't know. Last thing. Football, you know, you make a great living from it, and, you know, watching you over the years, it seems like the most fun times you've had are late in the fourth quarter, big games, winning a big game. And I wonder, when you think about the fun of playing football, you think that's going to be rekindled here with the Rams? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I ever lost it. You know, I love playing this game. I love competing. Um, you know, being in those big moments late in games, uh, being in, playing in big games, playing in playoff games, that's, that's what you play this game for. Um, you know, you live for those moments and those games, and, and hopefully I get a bunch of opportunities at those um, while I'm here and, and make the most of them. To me, it's just, when I look at your career, it's just shocking you haven't played late into January. And I bet for you, whether it's shocking or not, it's got to be, oh, my God, I really want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, that's the, that's the goal. And yeah. uh, that's why I'm here, and, and hopefully we can make it happen. Hey, listen, appreciate it. Good luck Thanks. to you. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. Three, two, one. My thanks to Matthew Stafford. Now let's go up the coast to Santa Clara. Uh, where I spent a day with the 49ers. And let's hear from a guy who's a very compelling story also this year, 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. 
So here in Santa Clara with Jimmy Garoppolo. So Jimmy, I've got to ask you, said on that fateful Friday in March, when you got a phone call, I guess either from Kyle Shannon or John Lynch, hey, look, we made this big trade. We might take a quarterback. What was the thought that went through your mind right at that moment? Uh, you know, initially it was a lot to, to process, to take in. Um, you know, no one ever wants to get that call, but uh, then the reality set in and it was kind of, uh, you know, let's go play football. And I remember talking to John and I asked him, the first thing I asked him, I said, am I still going to get a chance to compete for the job? And he said, yeah, that's absolute, no problem. And that's really all I could ask for, being a player. And so it's got to be a little bit of a blow to your ego that you get hurt on a total freak injury last year and it ruins another season for you so have you pounded the walls much what what has it been like mentally for you uh yeah i mean dealing with the injury and everything the ones that you can't control really are the they're upsetting because you know you put in all this work out here in the off season to prevent things like that and you know freak things happen in this league i mean i got rolled up on by a lineman and you know it is what it is type of thing but at the end of the day uh you know i'm out here competing with my friends with my teammates and that's all I could really ask for I mean it's uh you know you don't get many opportunities at this thing so you got to take advantage when you do it's got to be an odd situation first of all but I've asked a few people around here what is it like in the quarterback room and <laughs> everybody has told me and who knows I'm not in there but everybody has told me that maybe you have been like really welcoming to Trey Lance and really kind of good to him. What's been your attitude about that? Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, Trey, they could have picked anyone. You know, anyone could have been Trey's shoes. That Trey was the one that got selected. And so it's, uh, you don't want to have any weird feelings towards him or, you know, take it out on him. It's, uh, you know, he's not the one making the decisions at the end of the day. So it's, uh, you know, I, I welcome him in with, with open arms, try to just be myself and let it happen organically. And I think it's, uh, it's been good for both of us. You know, he, Brings a little youth, a little energy to the QB room, and whatever I could do to help, you know, if he asked or anything like that, I'm, I'm willing. Is it weird to be the veteran who's kind of, you know, the kid is looking up to? Very, very. <laughs> uh, I'm only 29, but uh, I don't know, in, the, in this league, at 29, you're getting on the older end of it, and I've been around for a little while, seen some things, and so it's, uh, I've been on both ends of it now, and so it's, um, yeah, it's coming full circle, but you know, it's, it's right where I want to be. You know, at the end of the day, this is where I want to be, playing football, out here competing, and you know, we'll see what happens. I asked John Lynch how it's going with you and all the quarterbacks, and he goes, Jimmy is the kind of guy who has responded to this very well. He said, I think the competition has made him have his best offseason and best camp. Do you feel that way? Um, you know, I think subconsciously I think it's there uh, you know every offseason I try to improve things that you know I, I see as a weakness of mine and you, you always approach it kind of the same way but uh, yeah whenever something like this happens I think in your subconscious whether you're thinking about it or not it's there I mean you, you know the reality of it and uh, I mean if you're gonna lay it up for a competition I'm ready for that yeah in the offseason whether maybe it was your dad somebody who you've played with a prior coach, whatever. Is there anybody who you felt who you helped you deal with the reality of your new life? Um, I think having been around the league, I've seen it before. You know, you've seen it in other positions. Guys who you're friends with go through the same thing, and it's uh, it's weird seeing it. But then once it's you, 
it just, I don't know, it happens very quickly. And uh, I don't know, I, I didn't want to be fake about anything. I didn't want to be not me. I just wanted to be myself and, you know, let things happen as they may. It's, I welcome competition. If someone's, you know, trying to do that, then so be it. I mean, that's what we're out here for. We're competing every day, whether this situation's here or not. So it's one of those things, I'm just going to be myself and, you know, let the chips fall as they may. The last thing about this particular thing is when you go from thinking that you have found your home for the next 10 or 15 years and now knowing that you still could, but knowing that probably it's more likely that at some point you're going to play somewhere else, how big of a blow is that and how have you managed that over the last few months? Uh, honestly, I've had this conversation with a couple of people. I'm one of those guys that I, I literally live in the moment and <laughs> take it day by day. I uh, don't own a house, I rent. And so I'm, I'm really an in the moment kind of person. So this happened, uh, I can remember my brothers were asking me a million questions and how are you gonna do this, you're gonna do that? And I was like, you know, we'll, let's see what happens type of thing. And so, I don't know, as crazy as it sounds, it's actually worked out pretty well for me and it's put me in a good mindset uh, here every day. And yeah, that's kind of how I roll. So three things about the present. You know, last year you guys had sort of a bitter disappointment early on when you had so many injuries mm -hmm. on your trip to New Jersey uh, against the Giants and the Jets. And I wondered, you know, do you come into this season feeling like you've got a chance to be the great team you were in 2019? Honestly, yeah. I, I think so. I think a lot of these guys in the locker room, a lot of the coaches feel the same way. It's, and it's not fake either. It's one of those things, we have a lot of guys in this team who, who are real and they keep it real. There's not a lot of fake hoorah and all that stuff that you see around the league. It's, um, it's a close-knit group who we like to keep it real with one another. And we got some players here, we got the coaching staff for it, we got the front office. I mean, it's, it's a good group we got here. And you, there's a feeling that you could feel coming out here every day. I mean, we're competing at a high level. Fred's right over there, and me and him are yelling at each other every day, but that's, I don't know. I've been around some good teams, and that's what makes a good team. How do you hear out here, by the way? What do you I mean? mean <laughs> I mean, I'm standing over there, and I cannot hear, <laughs> I, I, I can't hear myself think because of the music coming out of the speakers at 90 decibels. Well, we got the fans back now, so. But, but I mean, <laughs> do you ever say, turn that bleepity bleep stuff off, or are you just so used to it, it's like, it's like, you know, just wallpaper. I'm gonna be honest, I don't even hear the music half the time. And wow. as crazy as it sounds, there'll be times where I get subbed out or something and I'm standing on the side and I'm like, oh, this is a pretty good song. <laughs> and you don't even realize it when you're in the huddle. And it, I don't know, I guess it's just, uh, I love it though. I'd rather it be loud as hell like this than it was last year. Without fans, it was, a, it was a tough year, just mentally going out there and you don't feel the same energy that you usually feel, so. How do you think, do you think you guys will be able to make it through the year pretty COVID free? Or with this Delta variant, do you worry a little bit about what the future might hold? Uh, I mean, it's always in the back of your mind, I think. I think we've taken as many precautions as you could take as a team, as a, the league, just in general. And so I think we're doing everything we can. Kind of one of those things you gotta let it play out and, and see what happens. I think our, our guys, most of them are vaccinated, which is gonna help, but the, like you said, the whole Delta variance thing, it's. I don't know, I guess we'll see. I mean, Rich Eisen was fully vaccinated and he, right. he got it and it was the Delta variant and he said for four days, I'm just totally knocked on my ass. Yeah. You know, so, it, it, you know, there's no guarantee that you're not gonna get it, obviously. Definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I have had COVID. I got it in the off season and it, it knocked me on my ass for a couple of days, but 
it's um I don't know I guess just let it play out and, and see how it goes from there uh, did you watch the Super Bowl mm -hmm. can you freaking believe this guy Tom Brady <laughs> not bad man <laughs> he's 43 years old beats Mahomes I mean had a little help but uh, what'd you think when you watched it that day he hasn't changed since I knew, met him. I mean, just the, the competitive spirit, the talking shit on the field. That, that's a town that I knew, that's a town that I love. We got along well because we were both like that. And I don't know, it's just, it's cool to see a guy at 43, like you said, still doing it like that. But, you know, we'll have something for him this year. <laughs> Last thing. So, as you sort of look at the game being a little bit more back to normal, fans in the stands, everything, is this a year that you feel like kind of America needs? Yeah, I mean, it's we've been through a lot. I think uh, with quarantine ending and, you know, somewhat of normalcy coming back, it's nice. But having the fans out here, just at training camp alone, it's, it's a different feel. It really is. I think it gives energy to people. It gives energy to us. And it's, uh, you know, we got to return the favor to the fans and, and give them something fun to watch on Sundays. Jimmy, have a good year. Appreciate it, Peter. Always good seeing you. Thank you. My thanks to Garoppolo. Now we're going southeast to Las Vegas to, I mean, when I went to Las Vegas, I looked around and I said, everything is new. Everything is being built, including the Raiders facility, which is a state-of-the-art facility plunked down in the middle of the desert. So it'll be interesting to see how the Raiders do out there, especially this year, with fans. I talked with Derek Carr about that. Derek Carr, you look really different now. Yeah. You know, you look a lot more fit. You look yeah. like better built. What have you done? You know, I think it's, um, I've always worked extremely hard. Um, I think I've just gotten smarter, uh, wiser, I guess, as I get older um, with my nutrition and when I eat, what I eat. Uh, we have a great nutritionist here, Ricky, um, who has done a great job of when the calories are going in, when the carbs are going, all these kind of things that are way above my you know, education. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's helped me a lot, but I've, I've learned a lot also. And um, taken what he's taught me and took it home, because when you're not here at the building, you gotta still do it right on your own. And using that hard work with the nutrition, and it's been a couple years of, man, it gets better, it gets better. And for some reason this year, it just, man, it got really good. And uh, I guess when I, I've stayed, I've stayed committed to it and uh, I feel great. It's the best I've ever felt. You know, I'm ready. What about, so what would be like an average meal for you? Like oh, yeah. your main meal of the day? Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, I'll probably, I'll go in there and they'll probably have some kind of grain, obviously, some kind of grain. So a bed of grains, a lot of vegetables, you know, a lot of vegetables, get some good stuff out of that also. And then probably like two big chicken breasts. And I'll do that with also a, like a crazy smoothie with a whole bunch of stuff that Ricky knows what's in there. <laughs> but it's, probably, it's a huge, you know, big gulp-sized smoothie um, uh, with that meal that keeps me full and hydrated also. So it's, it's, been, it's, it's, it's definitely something you got to commit to because there are some days I do not feel like with these hot days eating. But you definitely commit to it. It, it pays off. Um, what, I got a lot of different questions to ask you, but one of the first is... Is it a little frustrating to have a second consecutive year with COVID hanging around? Yeah, you know what? It is. It's frustrated. Uh, it's frustrating because I, I just love people, you know, and um, 
you know, you go somewhere and, you know, you can't put your arm around somebody and, you know, love on them and encourage them and, you know, all those kind of stuff. Last year was super hard because, I mean, we're wearing masks and in the meetings there's like spacers. You can't, you know, when we go eat lunch, you know, there was walls up so no one was next to each other. It felt, you know, it felt, you know, kind of like, you know, prison, you know, a little bit, you know, because you couldn't, there was no communication. They didn't want, you know, as soon as you're done with the day, go home. To, to a guy like me, I mean, I got work to do, you know, and but I had to do that work from home, uh, you know. But but on the positive side, I got to you know, see my boys do a lot a lot of new things. You know, my kids, you know, do a lot of new things that I, I usually don't get to see because I'm here at the building. And uh, so my my kids liked it. So now that I'm here all day at camp again, so camp's getting normal. They're like, Dad, are you ever going to come home again? You know. So uh, that part is hard. But you know, the fact that. It's starting to get more normal a little bit it was at least in Nevada um, so we got to go finally go to some uh, restaurants we got to go to you know Vegas Knights game and take my boys so they got to experience hockey and now they want to play hockey and so uh, I know nothing about it uh, but that's one thing that's been nice about COVID kind of going away but you know still I mean we're six feet apart you know it's haven't seen you in two years so I wanted to you know give you a hug and say what's up you know it's just it's just weird you know <laughs> you've had a really interesting last couple of years yeah. because in a football sense you've started both seasons really hot yeah. and it tailed off yep. and then you've also moved to Vegas yeah. what has all of this turmoil been like in a football sense in a football sense um, it just hasn't been good enough you know we we start hot and and we're six and two, you know, or whatever it was. And we're like, man, all right, here we go. Like, this is awesome, we're doing it. And then it tails off. Next year, same thing, six and two, and it tails off. Um, the one thing I can say, and you know I me, mean, I'm a super positive guy, is, you know, I remember two years ago, we're in Denver, last game of the year, we uh, threw a touchdown uh, to Hunter Renfro, and we go for two, and ball's batted down, right on the left side, right on the goal line. This year, this past year, we go to Denver, we go down, Josh Jacobs run in, we go for two, same exact throw, same exact area of the field, and I throw it and we complete it. And I, and I looked at uh, Gru, I said, we got better this year. And he, you know, obviously, I try and keep him positive, you know, keep, and he's like, you know what, you're right, you know. And uh, we laughed about it, but at the same time, it's just, it just hasn't been good enough. I think Gru said, I'd give it a C, you know. Um, we've done some very productive things. I feel like I'm playing the best football of my career um, these last couple of years, but none of that matters unless we win, you know. And, uh, you know, with Gus and the new, you know, Yannick and the new defensive guys, Casey, that we've added, uh, I think we have a chance to do that, but we got to go prove it. Do you really live, like, right next to Gruden? I <laughs> do, yes. Like, there's one guy in the middle of us, so I feel bad for him when we're yelling at each other. But, uh, yeah, there's one guy in the middle, but I can literally – my boys, you walk out my front door, we can see each other and wave. You know, I see Cindy, you know, Mrs. Gruden every, you know, every so often, you know, riding by or we're playing at the park with the kids and Gruden will stop and talk to the kids. It's awesome. But yeah, we, we, we live right next to each other. <laughs> wow. Um, what did you say when you found out that one of your teammates, a trusted teammate, yeah. is gay? Yeah. Understanding what a religious person that you are. Yep. And I really was curious about your interaction, yeah. uh, you know, after basically the news broke. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I asked, 
you know, there were some people trying to ask for my opinion and just trying to create a buzz because of that, yeah. you know? And that to me was like, come on, man, you know, what are you trying to do with that, you know? Then someone finally asked me and I answered them, you know, and I told them, I said, we live in a country now where if you disagree with someone, people automatically think you're supposed to hate each other. And I'm like, that couldn't be farther from the truth. You know what I'm saying? And I talked to Carl. Carl, I said, Carl, like in personal, and I said, Carl, you know, you've been to my house for Bible study. Carl's been to my house for Bible study. And I said, you know how I feel? I said, but that does not change the fact of how I feel about you just because I may disagree with one thing in your life. You probably disagree with something in my life. Who cares? I said, I love you. And I said, if no one else in this building will have your back, you know, I want you to know that I will. And I said, and he, he said, wow, like, like, that, you know, meant so much to me, you know, because he knew, like, he knew, like, how, uh, you know, the Christian belief and those kind of things. And, but I told him, I said, I said, I think that I'm supposed to love you. And so that's what I'm going to do. You know, you know what I'm saying? And not think, but I know, you know. And uh, we had great conversations. We've had great conversations the past two days uh, together. And, uh, put my arm around the guy and let him let not only let him know but let everyone else know that I'm here uh, because I want Carl to come out there and help us on the field just like I want you to come help us on the field you know <laughs> I don't care what you do in your life what do you think the reception for Carl Nassib has been I think with our team I think it's been good you know and I think if anyone does have a problem I think that no one has really like been negative to him or had a negative connotation towards him or body language towards him I think I think if they don't agree or want to talk to them they just kind of do their own thing and they're still cordial I haven't seen I haven't seen one problem but I have seen a lot of guys joking with Carl just like we always do he's hilarious you know <laughs> they're still we're still playing card games with Carl because that's what we do you know and nothing has changed like that's my brother I have his back I put my arm around him I love him and I told him if he ever wants to talk with me and no one else will I'll be there so that's that's kind of how it went and it's been great got a Henry Ruggs question yep so we dealt with a few nagging things last year, yep. and you didn't have a full season yep. of the real Henry Ruggs. Yep. What have you seen this offseason with Henry Ruggs, and what kind of player will he be if he gives you 17 games? Yeah, I think he can be that. I think he can be that Deshaun Jackson, you know, deep threat type. The way Deshaun, what made Deshaun special, obviously, is speed. You know, what makes him special. And the way he can track the football, you know, he's unbelievable. Probably the best I've ever seen at tracking the deep ball. Um, and maybe the best deep ball receiver we've ever seen, you know, statistically at least. And I think Henry has obviously the speed for that, but he can track the ball like Deshaun can. And it's impressive. And uh, again, Henry's not, he, Deshaun and Henry are both tough. You know, they're, you know, they're gritty, you know, they'll, They'll do whatever they have to do to win on the route, and Henry's that way. And if he walked in, you'd say the same thing. He looks, he looks like he's put on a few like solid pounds. He looks bigger. Um, mindset is number one, I think. The mindset he came in with, you could tell he's about his business. You know, last year was hard, no OTAs for all the rookies, and he's in Gruden's offense trying to trying to stay afloat, really. You know, and uh, it's hard to play as fast as you can when you're trying to think every play, making sure you're doing it right, because you know you know Chucky's watching, you know, about to rip you, you know, and, uh, and with him, you know, he, you could tell that he's so much more comfortable. And so I'm excited. I think he could be that. Now, he's got to go do it, and he's proven it a little bit, you know, in the KC game and things like that. But, uh, you know, he's got he's to do it every day, and I think that his mindset, I think he will. When I look at your team, especially on offense, 
I wonder sometimes, especially now adding Kenyon Drake, yeah. uh, you know, you've you and adding some elements at receiver. I say, there's only one ball. Yeah. And also, I mean, as John Gruden told me today, the big thing for him is he wants to make sure that you can run the ball, particularly be better in the red zone. Yep. And be you know be be able to dictate more yeah. of your offense in the red zone. Yeah. How do you look at the state of your offense? You know what's beautiful about our offense, and Hunter Renfro and I were talking about this literally today, is everyone on our offense. If someone catches ten balls for 180 yards, not one person in that in that huddle cares who it is. Darren Waller is the most selfless superstar I've ever been around. I've ever met. Um, he, he'll pass protect the whole game if that's what he has to do for us to win. You know, it's, and you hear that a lot about some guys, but like it's true with him, <laughs> you know. Uh, I don't know if it's what he's been through in life. He's just thankful to play football. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he's a special individual because not all superstars are that way. You know, they demand attention. They demand the football, and he's never been that way. And you look at Henry, you look at Hunter, you look at, um, you know, Josh, Kenyon, Foster Moreau, you look at all these guys that are weapons for us, and not one of them cares if they touch the ball or not. You know, like, they obviously want it. You know, they're, they're competitive. They think if I have it, we'll win, but they do not act that way at all. And as a quarterback and as a play caller, it just allows you to, to scheme up the best plays against the best looks, and it's, it's really freeing. You know, you don't have to force anything. And as a quarterback, it's nice. You know, I, you know, with, with these guys, you never have to think, gosh, I haven't thrown them a ball yet. I'm going to hear about it as soon as we come off the field. <laughs> you know, you don't, you, don't have to, you, ever, you don't ever have to think that with these guys. And I think, that, I think that that's what makes this group special. I'll finish with a non-football question. Hmm. Have you followed what happened to Simone Biles at the Olympics? A little bit. And do you, do you kind of feel for her having to drop out, you know, of her, of her, basically of her specialty huh. because of, you know, she's just either feeling too much pressure, yeah. you know, or mentally she seems to be just fried. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know every detail. I right. watched like a minute 30 clip of her talking, um, you know, about just on the ESPN, you know, little deals. And from what I took, I think it was a team event um, that she backed out of to hopefully make sure that she was okay for her events. Um, which completely understands she's there to, you know, you know, go after, you know, gold medals and these things for our country, you know, for, you know, the country and represent, you know, and all those kind of things. So the one thing I'd say is I hope that she's okay. You know, I hope that, hope that mentally, you know, you know, there's so much pressure, you know, and I hope she's not putting too much pressure on herself. You, you know? work five years, yeah. 10 or 15 minutes. That's exactly right. It's just, it, it, that's nuts. So I, for me, if I make a mistake, I get to go right back out there. You know, if she makes mistakes, she's got to wait years, you know, till you ever have that chance again. So. And plus, this is her last one. Yeah, exactly. Because she's aged out of gy gymnastics <laughs> yeah. in her early 20s. In her early 20s, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. And, you know, you, I, I, I don't know every detail, but I will say that I, I hope she's not putting too much pressure on herself thinking that she has to be something. You know, all she has to do is her best. You know, all she has to do, her training, you know, her... her her coaches have pushed her. Um, she's recovered. She's done all those things, the details, all that. Um, if I had anything to say, I'd just encourage her to just be, be herself. And I think our country will be proud of her no matter what she does. You know, I, I pray that she'd just be free, you know, 
that she wouldn't she wouldn't worry about the pressure. I know that there's no one in the stands and it's weird and all that kind of stuff. I pray that she wouldn't even do that. I pray that she'd just you know just be free and you know just have a have fun doing what she was born to do. You know and uh, and hopefully she gets to that point um, to where she can be free. I mean we had no one in the stands last year. You know as a quarterback I loved it because I could hear everything. You know <laughs> but but I, I could imagine in, in what they do you wait five years. You know she's waited five years to be able to perform and it's weird and. The, the anxieties and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot that comes with what we do, you know, in, in everyone's life. But I just pray, I hope she's free, you know, and I don't know if she has individual events coming up. I think she does, um, that, that she could be free going into those that, you know, no matter what, you know, I've done everything I can, and you just leave it out there, you know. Derek Carr, you're finally going to have fans in the stands this year. You're in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's going to be loud. Yeah. I have a feeling you're not going to go two and six at home this year. I don't. I, I have a feeling that too, but we better go prove it first. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Thanks I'm, a lot. Thank you. It's good to see you. Yep. So my thanks to all three quarterbacks for giving us some good content as we kick off the 2021 NFL season of the Peter King Podcast. So let's run down a little bit of where we are right now. We're in Seattle. We're going to do the Seahawks today. Going also this week to Denver in Kansas City. You'll hear some stuff from those camps next week on my podcast. Going home for a couple of days after that. And then I'll start East, Midwest, South uh, portion of the podcast. Uh, And I'll be coming to you hopefully next Tuesday uh, from the Buffalo Bills camp in Orchard Park, New York. Look forward to that. Thanks for coming along with me on a new season of the podcast and really look forward to the whole year with you. And for now, just enjoy the view.